Hi everyone, welcome to Free Devs and the Maybe, uh, the podcast for PHP um, lovers, uh, mainly looking at beginner level PHP and working our way up. And uh, today we are going to be looking at HTML. Um, and as always, I am I'm joined by three great web developers, Lewis Keynes. Hello. Fraser Hart. Hello. And Ed Mann. Hello. Hi <laughs> right, guys, how you doing? Whoa, what is that? <laughs> that's the chair already, isn't it? That's that's the sofa saying hello. Oh, the leather. <laughs> the leather. The fifth co-host. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> probably better than all of us, to be honest. Probably. Oh, it's a he. How do you know it's a he? We shouldn't get well, into I'd, that conversation. I'd, I'd rather not explain that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, oh, easy. Dear, dear, dear. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how have you guys all been? Very well. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a standard. Well, not a standard week, but it's it's been a pretty uneventful week for, for me, apart from getting angry at, at Reddit, like I, I was explaining <laughs> earlier. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Apart from that, it's been it's been fine. Yeah, same project. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and it's getting to towards the end now. Like the the guy that I'm doing the project for, he's he's given me a, a list of, or I say a list. It's it's more like a, an encyclopedia of stuff that of, t- of minor tweaks, like minor being in in minor, quotation. Like, yeah, that's the yeah, absolutely. Minor. Yeah, I, I couldn't quite realise that the the finger quotes didn't come out over over radio, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I've been working through those, and I'm, I'm literally down to the last two or three now. Um, so so hopefully I'll be able to to get onto something something new and and exciting. Not that this isn't exciting, but it's it'd be nice to be on something fresh anyway. That is the best time, isn't it? The end of the project when Absolutely. you start to see everything come to fruition. Yeah, because yeah. it's been so, it's just been kind of like knuckles to the grindstone for for the last I think probably about six months. I've been working on this now. Um, and it's it's a, a good fun project, but it's when you're working on the same thing nonstop for for six months, it does get a bit tedious. So I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting my teeth stuck into something new. And I'm going to be working with one of the the front end uh, JavaScript frameworks that I've been looking forward to working with as well, which is which is finally a good thing. Oh, amazing! Which one? Uh, I'm leaning towards Ember just because I like the uh, the picture of the hamster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that sold it, you know, to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, the Angular one looks a bit too a bit too formal, whereas like the the Ember one looks a bit more playful and a lot. So, <laughs> and I want one of the stickers for the back of my laptop as well. So I can't quite justify getting one of those until I've actually started playing with Ember. So, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I've played with Angular. I think I said before, but um, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds cool. You have to let us know how you get on with that then. No, absolutely. I'm looking forward to to, to getting cool. getting into it. Yeah. Sounds good. Lou, how's your week been? Uh, hello, hello. Yeah, um, it's it's not been a too bad a week. It's been very, very busy. Um, I've been fighting and losing with uh, SQL for most of the week. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's, been a, it's been a succession of triumph followed by misery, to be honest. <laughs> with it. <laughs> Isn't that just programming? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. But, um, yeah, basically, uh, I've... I haven't messed around with joins too much. I mean, give me, give me just one table to work with. I'm pretty competent and feel comfortable doing whatever whatever I need to do. But I've never really um, had the need to use joins before. Um, not not in any great depth, anyway. And um, part of the part of the site that I've been building, I've, I've been basically um, made this whole functionality for for display ordering, so that I can have this kind of um, you know jQuery UI um, sortability thing that you can use. We can just drag boxes around and change the display order. Yeah. Um, I've basically um, been trying to like build one central um, place in the website where all that gets handled and everything else sort of comes back to that. So 
all the all the other tables need to be able to join with this display ordering table um and then occasionally there's a third party table introduced as well and um been messing around with left joins and the ordering of you know where do the wares go and the ands go and and then um bringing in all the pdo um, binding parameters and all that stuff to it as well um it's been it's been very very tricky and challenging but I, I believe I've come to a solution that I've absolutely no idea whether it would be considered orthodox or textbook or or anything like that. But uh, I think I've yeah I finally got to the to a solution, and that's the main thing. Was that in the end using the the having um, that you were using in the, the MySQL query? No, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I I put a very excited tweet out, didn't I? I thought it was yeah. quite witty actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that that backfired. No, it was completely without that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, the toughest bit I was finding was where obviously joining two tables together, and one of the tables might not have data in that the other one does. Yeah. So trying to write trying to write um, an SQL query that joins both the tables but still gives you all the data that you need from each table has uh, has been a has, it's been a brilliant learning curve, and I believe that I've I've certainly um, grown with my SQL abilities this week from doing that. But you know, to me, SQL is one of the one of the scarier languages. You know, it's so powerful, isn't it? And yeah, I, I know a lot of people out there um, don't really like SQL that much and think it's a bit of a rubbish language. But to me, I, th- I think it's pretty cool. It's been really fun to uh, to work with it in a bit more depth this week. Well, that's why a lot of people use like eloquent and active record patterns, don't they? Because they want the RM. They want to be thinking of it as you know objects and stuff. Yeah. Instead yeah. of going in with you know actually you know SQL is a declarative language and it is, like I say, it's a pretty powerful language and it's a really easy language in a sense to actually understand because you can see when you when you actually you know read it and everything you can understand what's going on very well because it's declaring it it's just saying what you want instead of how to do it yeah i think it's it's, oh sorry man go that's right all i was going to say was that particularly with joins um the only other times really where i where i've been in the situation that i need to do it i've i've kind of picked the brains of another developer that i worked with and he did his completely differently he used to basically um use all the tables to build up arrays of the information that he want and then just merge the arrays together, which Yuck. was a, a slightly different, yeah. Oh, God, that's so not good. That, let no, let exactly. the database do the optimizations. Yeah, exactly. I th- I in thought, code, well, do the array merging and stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of, that's what he did. He he basically, like, if it's posts and categories, he built up a posts array and a, and a categories array and just merged them both together into another array. But... He wasn't actually doing any of the, of the complex merging or joining through SQL. He was just doing it through joining PHP arrays. Oh, no. Which, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm guessing you're still it. managing that code as well, aren't you? So you kind of have to go with that way in some cases, I, I, I suppose. I've, I see it occasionally, but thankfully thankfully not a lot. But How, how did you enjoy uh, SQL Fiddle? Oh, that's the thing that, yeah, that's really cool, actually, isn't it? That's the first time I'd seen that, actually, um... Thanks to Ed last week. Ed chimed in, um, what, I don't know, towards the end of last week um, at one point when I was struggling with some of this stuff and got and got the ball rolling nicely. And this um, sqlfiddle.com, you can just literally um, put your SQL schema and data into there and you can you can collaborate online and oh, uh, nice. kind of help. You know, you get if you, you contact someone online or something and, you know, you just say, oh, is anyone able to help me with an SQL query or something like that? I don't know, through like an IRC chat room or something like that. 
you can uh, you can both go into this SQL fiddle site and uh, and collaborate on it there. It's brilliant. It's awesome. It supports so many different databases as well. Like it, it supports like the web databases where it's actually just in the browser. It supports SQL, MySQL, sorry. Yeah. It supports uh, Microsoft SQL, Postgres, and it's, it's just as like they were saying, you know, like you just po- paste in the schema that you have. And then posting, pasting some queries, and it will just run them for you in in like yeah. a, you know in a, in a controlled environment that you can then start like JS fiddle and stuff, send around the web, go stack overflow, IRC and stuff, and yeah, it really is awesome. I tell you, I tell you one thing that I I I'll be interested to see if you guys know of anything. I was I was kind of looking for like SQL debugging tools, like when I to try and see. Um, like I remember when obviously working with with you guys, we we used Navicat, didn't we? Yeah. And there was there's some quite cool features on there, um, which I, I don't think they've got on SQL Pro, which is what I use. You can but... use you can use on um, uh, on the uh, you know when you're like doing the actual query, I think you can do like explain. You can say there's a, the keyword explain and then select, and what that would do is actually just show you what's happening under the hood, how it's joining them all together. Because mm. really? I know that's very yeah, it's yeah. explain. It's a nice way because what you, it does is it tells you um, like how what IDs are used. So. Like with indexing, it will show you saying, oh, look, this probably you want to make this indexed and stuff, you know, because we're using this and we're having to do. The one thing you never want to do is have to do a, you know, a line by line search, a record by record search in databases. That was one no. thing actually before, probably actually, I would, me being a programmer, I'm very used to iterating over, you know, mm. records and stuff. But in the database way, you know, indexing is powerful. B trees are powerful. So, yeah, it, explain. Just if you put explain before your query, that should give you a lot more information. What you literally, can, like literally explain select all from posts? Yeah, yeah and it should, and what it would do is it would tell you what's actually happening and how quick it is and stuff like that, which is quite cool. <laughs> I, no I had no idea about. It. I'm, I'm literally, I've got SQL Pro open here. I'm going to. You guys carry on for a moment. I'm going to have a little I play think with that, it. <laughs> that gives you the same information that, um, say, PHP MyAdmin spits back at you, doesn't it? I think it's the same sort of info. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like that yeah. as well. Like all they do is they, ha- yeah, they run the query and they can run it again with the explain on, it and it just gives it in a nice view. I mean, I do like Navicat a lot. It is a really good product. Mm. I mean, they kind of, they're really weird because they, they, they the way they've done it, I mean, they've got like, oh yeah, you've got Navicat for MySQL, Navicat for Postgres, Navicat for yeah. Blubla. So they kind of can make a big business out of using, getting the same tools and just marketing it for certain people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that looks like a really cool website actually, that SQL Fiddle. I'll definitely have to check that out at some point. Have a little fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> have a little fiddle, indeed. Yeah. Uh, how about you then, Edman? Good week? Yeah, it's been a good man. Pretty, pretty, pretty standard to be honest. Um, still yeah. with the freelance stuff. Met you on. Um, you did it? Sunday? No, Saturday. 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 Yeah. Went to Canterbury. Yeah, met you. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just drink, drinking or not drinking? We had one pint um, in, in Canterbury. Like, where is it? It's in Canterbury, where the cathedral is and stuff. Yeah, by the cathedral. Up. And then yeah. we were all completely out of it. It was a Peroni each, and we were all just feeling <laughs> tipsy. I was yeah. quite embarrassed, to be honest with you. Even by my standards, it was pretty poor. Well, um, I was with you, which was, you know, I was feeling as drunk. It was quite weird. <laughs> did you get a pie? kebab? <laughs> we didn't go with no, no kebab. It was a pizza place. No pizza. Uh, we went for pizza, oh, and uh, Ed Man started chatting up the waitress, but uh, that's a story for another time, I guess. Was she but, fit? She was. Uh, um, she wasn't. Uh, she was all right. Bud is the guy who likes Nicki Minaj, so we really can't judge him, can we? Like he can't be used as a you know judge of, of female beauty. Anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> other than that, um, I, I I was I, 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 the conversation we had last week about CDNs and stuff and fallbacks like that really like because 
on one of the project the project I'm doing now, the freelance stuff, um, we use Bootstrap a lot, and I merge in and I compress it and everything locally. But I was looking at CDN, so I was like, well, maybe it'd be quite good. Things we we're doing, I, I I do CDN jQuery and stuff using Google and stuff. But I thought, well, the, the conversation that Lou brought up and you brought up, Mickey, I think, was like, you know, well, once when it if it doesn't work, if the CDN doesn't work. You know that that's always the problem, isn't it? You know, we, you know, you need a fallback, and you know there are fallback ways of being able to get uh, stuff like you know um, jQuery because you can just check if the jQuery has been set, and if it's not defined, then we can just go write your document right. But I thought maybe there'll be some plugins and stuff out there, and I've got a blog post I've almost finished writing, um, and there'll be a couple of picks definitely this week from it. But there there was some really cool um, there was a really there's a couple of really good blog posts that I'll put in the show notes for them, but. Uh, have you, any of you ever heard of? Uh, well, you've got Require JS. Yeah, that that's quite cool. That allows for fallbacks. Like you can say load this, and if it doesn't work, if it is like a status doesn't give a status two hundred error or a status yep. two hundred code, it will then try and load up the other one. Yep, okay. Nope's another good one. I don't know if you ever looked at Yep, Nope. I think Lewis, you you played around with that a little bit. Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I was um, following some tutorials the other day, and I saw that, and. Um... I'm trying to think how that worked. Was that through? That was a uh, thing for Modernizer, wasn't it? Uh, it's well, it's, 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 it's I think it's, it it's bundled in. It's bundled into a Modernizer. And it's just saying like, oh, can you do this if you can't do this? And that's yeah, a nice you, thing because you, it's you, like if you it, what it does is it tries to load um, something up. It then gives you the ability to say, oh, you know, is jQuery loaded by working out is Bootstrap because Bootstrap's a very hard one to find out if it's loaded or not, and you end up having to like check if a, like a JavaScript plugin's actually available or something. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was another good one. And then the one that I actually started to use and implement is using Fallback, uh, Fallback.io, and that's great. That that's kind of like specifically designed to just do what I want, which is try and load this up. If you can't load it, then please you know try, use my my version that's local. Um, and and I mean it's quite funny actually the way that a couple of examples were checking. Like, because, um, like, how do you check if CSS is being loaded? Uh, well, like the Bootstrap CSS, what they do is actually check in JavaScript to say, oh, is the background color the right color that would be, you know, passed in through the CSS and stuff, which is quite funny. But yeah, that, that's pretty been my week. That's going into my project, Ed. Actually, in my site, that fallback.io, that's exactly what I need there. Awesome. It is really awesome. Um, the ability to just, yeah. I mean, you, all I want to do is just set, you know, if, it, if you try and load this, if you can't load this, load my local one. Because you don't want the client. And I mean, obviously, it's very unlikely that Google are ever going to go down. But it's nice to have that backup in place. And really, you should be keeping the assets that you should keep a copy, a local copy, especially when you're developing and stuff, of the assets that you use and not rely on the you know, an external, because what was the internet goes down when your development environment, you know, you really need it all locally as well. And this kind of has this nice, graceful fallback. I think, uh, but I might be talking complete rubbish here, but I'm pretty sure that Require.js comes bundled into Angular as well, because I was playing with it a little while ago, because I think Require.js goes a little bit further, it's, more, it's like a dependency manager as well, isn't it, where if you're building large-scale JavaScript applications that you could say, okay, well, if I've got this and I need to have this library loaded, if I'm doing this, I need that, that kind of thing. Yeah, that, yeah you're absolutely right there. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is a bit weird because normally what you do at the end of the project is merge the, all of it together into like a couple of yeah. files. So it yeah. kind of, in that environment, it kind of, but it is a nice way as you say like, oh, I need jQuery for this, but before, oh no, or maybe the example is I need jQuery UI, but before jQuery UI, I need to be able to, I need to have loaded jQuery and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and then run this, closure or this you know function block or something yeah nice oh that's good how about you bud how's your week been oh well like you say i met up with uh with you on saturday that was pretty cool we um well as well as having a 
few drinks and stuff. We uh, we had a play with PHP Unit um, and Selenium, which was really good. So um, that's something I've been wanting to play with for a little while. And uh, thankfully, you helped me set that up. So uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm you know looking forward to using that some more now and do some you know bigger tests and um, yeah. How did you so, enjoy the? Um, did you did you have a chance to play around more with the screenshotting features of Selenium? <laughs> I did, yeah. Um, I mean, basically, I was testing out a website for work, and basically, I just made a script that just looped over every URL in the site and just took a screenshot of every single page. Which, you know, it sounds quite simple, but it's quite a cool thing to then send to the client. Say, look, you know, we've tested every single page on your site to check what's come back, yeah. And they could just view it in like a like a slideshow, just looking at the images. So, you know, it looks like you've done a lot of work, even though you've only taken you know ten seconds to run a script. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something I'd recommend. But like I said, it's something I need to learn a bit more about before I could talk about it. And how does it actually take the, the screenshots? Because obviously it's just going to be reading code, isn't it? Or can it? So what it does is, um, I mean, what we did, we installed it locally rather than on a remote host. Yeah. And basically what it does, it, it literally just fires open your Firefox. Oh, right. Uh, and literally, you can see it opening and closing. Every time it opens a web page, it opens closes and just okay. takes a physical screenshot yep. and just saves it to your local drive. So, gotcha. um, yeah, really, really cool. So, um, Can we be expecting a, um, a blog post? You can at some point, but my life is pretty hectic at the minute with, uh, with uni. And, um, and, and I think I can announce formally now that, um, that I, the big dog, will soon be having a pup in, <laughs> in August. It is official. You're getting you a dog. My, I think are you talk, you're talking about yourself there, aren't you? You're not talking about your wife, because that would be really, really offensive. That would be really bad, wouldn't it? Yeah. I haven't talked about myself yet. In I August. Am. It's going to be an August baby. An August baby, That's yeah. the best month to be born. Is that when you are born? Ouch, but yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Oh, congratulations, Michael. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, yeah, congratulations, sir. So you're going to be calling it Fraser, yeah? Oh, you know it. Fraser yeah. Ed. I'll hold you to that. It's, it's, on, it's on record now. <laughs> yeah, we've got it recorded. This is it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not dear. sure how I feel about the possibility of two of you running around, but I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I had the uh, we had the first scan this week, so that was pretty cool. Um, to see it on TV and stuff was pretty awesome. It's only on like... TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did it have no, your hair <laughs> those jokes <laughs> not like it <laughs> but yeah it's only five centimeters long so it's pretty incredible so uh, awesome. when, when do you get man. to find out Thanks. when the gender is uh I think i'd like to see a baby who's a female called fraser that would be hilarious <laughs> frazina if it uh, yeah, i'm making an exception <laughs> that is a beautiful name um yeah i think six months but I don't really want to know. I think Abby does, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. What are you but, hoping for? Uh, play it back if it's not this bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kid's going to listen. Yeah, listen when to the kid this, turns when he's like, 18, he's like, <laughs> you did more, yeah, me. Yeah. It would be too bad for me to say, but a boy, basically. Yeah, yeah. I want a boy, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you're going to call it Rodney? On her 18th birthday, we're going to take her out drinking and play this. <laughs> <laughs> So you're a disappointment oh, to your father. I will not let you near my 18-year-old daughter, rest assured. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. But um, yeah, that's my crazy week. And uh, yeah, I got, like I say, I got my objects-oriented programming exam tomorrow and uh, just started my two modules on um, concurrency and intelligent systems. So um, that is, it, there's a lot of stuff to balance at the moment with work and uni and uh, 
yeah, I say same stuff every week, but yeah, it's it's a lot of work. So, but enjoying it, it's really really interesting, especially the um, the concurrency stuff. If anyone's listening who's you know just getting into Java or something, it's something I recommend looking into. It's you know really interesting, and and uh, even this week, like some of the basics of computing that I didn't really know about, especially hardware things like how a CPU works. I've just been reading a lot about that, and you know how you know, how gates work and all, all that kind of stuff and transistors. And it's actually quite interesting when you think that we're actually a really critical point in the history of computing where, you know, okay, so it's probably, what, 2004, 2005, they, they literally can't make CPUs or cores any quicker. They've just reached that point where they can't do anything more. So they're having to just include more and more cores. And, you know, how we, and now it's down to the software developers to make sure that we're dealing with it. So, you know, all those years we've been relying on people to keep making computers quicker, now it's completely changed. It. Everyone's looking at us now to to deal with that. Not so much in the web game, I guess, but, um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Well, so. you know, PHP, obviously, you know, if you want to do multi-throwing in PHP. Oh, you know, man, you know, yeah. What a lovely, lovely hate. But by the way, he just, you, should have just, you should have said P-threads, and P-threads are awesome. What are P-threads then? You tell me. Um, so the idea is, it's pretty new actually, but normally when you want to do multitasking or multi-thread, multi-processing, I suppose, better way of learning it, in PHP you used to call forking, which actually like just make another, uh, run another instance of PHP, maybe giving it some input and stuff and then getting an output. That's a bit of a hack. But what uh, P-threads are, are called post-ix uh, threads. post is like a standard for threading. And, you know, because a thread actually can share memory and state and stuff where the process on its own actually, pro- you know, can, can't do that. Um, so the idea of pthreads then is actually hit and hooking into that. And actually, in the same way that you can define threads in Java with extending threads and all that, you can do the exact same in, in PHP. And it's amazingly awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like I say, one of my lecturers was slacking off PHP this week. But, uh, but another one, and he is like, um, I think, you know, really renowned for his skills in um, in uh, concurrency. He he's a big lover of PHP, so it's refreshing to hear. So, yeah. Um, so that was my week, basically, pretty much. Did anyone have anything they wanted to plug at this point, either like a library or anything like that, or just some thoughts that they've had on the industry at the moment, or anything like that? Um, uh, not from me, no. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> cool. So I've, I've got I've got out. one link that I want you all to go on. Yeah, I want you all to visit hostamania.com. Hostamania. Hostamania.com. This guy will do anything for money. Okay. This isn't your thing, Ed, is it? It's definitely <laughs> not my thing. If I did... Uh, um, oh, no. This is Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the pro wrestler, is doing... No, is it actual Hulk Hogan? It really isn't the video no and stuff. is probably him. Yeah, he's put himself down he's doing web hosting shared web that hosting i know and it's like oh, i think i love the um the slogan thing it's like oh what is it the best leg drop or you know something leg dropping the competition it's like really? right no yeah. way yeah. on the topic of, of people that do anything for money have you seen the website fiverr.com f-i-v-e-r-r.com it's absolutely phenomenal man like you can pay it's called Fiverr because you can pay people five dollars to do pretty much anything you want on there so <laughs> that is insane like, are you kidding yeah uh, yeah, so we got someone to, to record us a rap song for the row, um, which is pretty terrible, to be honest with us, and he calls us Jewish. Um, <laughs> what? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you pay your $5, and then you give him like a brief of what you want him to rap about. So we're like, oh, yeah, well, we're doing this thing. We're like four British guys. 
And then for some reason he got British confused with Jewish, so our song has now got four <laughs> Jewish guys in it. But it's wicked though. There's like stuff on there, and you can pay people to do like, like video present presentations and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's like cool. some of the stuff that people do for five dollars is just insane. Man, oh, I really wish great. you'd asked me to do that, Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I've, already, I've already thought of the start of it. You got Yo and Ro. And, you know, oh, boom. Your rap's already, you know, you've wasted money there. Oh, man. Is that, is that <laughs> video online now, Fraser? Because I want to see it. It is. It's on the, I think it's, it's either on my YouTube or it's on, I don't think it's on the Pacific Rowers website, but I think it's on my YouTube, which is um, youtube.com forward slash Fraser1980. I kind cool. of, just just looking at their technology thing, this is perfect for the discussion we had last week where people would do anything for a fiver. Um, you know, like really cheap. Like this, this guy just looked. It says, "I will do your data structure assignment and homework for a fiver." That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's that pretty is bad, bad, isn't it? It's pretty awesome, but yeah. I mean, it's nice to have your skills, you know. But I mean, this is like saying, "Yeah, I'll just do your work, or I'll g- make your website for a fiver." So pretty much, yeah. The whole thing you were talking about, Mickey, like you know, pay the race per to hour the and stuff. The race yeah. to the bottom is pretty much this. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a great website. Though. I love it. <laughs> no, it's incredible yeah well let's put that in the show notes I'd love to see that video that would be good okay awesome. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to say actually um, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and just by chance like, I think I talked about the example of you know if you're driving a car you don't need to know what's under the hood you just need to know that you can drive it well strangely enough that one of my lecturers used the exact same example but he was saying the point that you should and you know this is the point that Lewis was making that you should understand what's going on underneath if you're going to use it and it's really important. And he was saying the same thing that, you know, he doesn't like using other people's frameworks because he said in his mind, okay, someone's built something that does something for you. Who's to say that you can't go and do it better? You know, we, we assume that, you know, people who make these frameworks are so much better than we are. They probably are. But the <laughs> point is, like, if you don't challenge yourself and try and have a look, yep. how do you know? Do you know, uh, that's, that's, all my, that's the whole point I was trying to make in yeah. this podcast. That's all I was trying to say. Well, this guy was in complete agreement with you, mate, and he'd um, been programming for years, and I think, he, again, he's like a, a real expert on concurrency and stuff, so he's saying the same thing, and, and he, he just loves playing with algorithms. So, you know, if you enjoy playing with algorithms and doing that kind of stuff, then you should, you know, definitely. And, like, you know, saying the word algorithm makes it sound complicated, but it doesn't. It, you know, you should just have a look and have a place if you can make it better, make it quicker, whatever. And just when you're learning as well, it's really important. So uh, I thought it was just an interesting one to bring up anyway, just to recap on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm having an absolute whale of a time building this whole thing from scratch, including my framework. Yeah. You know, it encompasses everything that I, I like and have learned since I started developing, like um, like modules in a framework. I don't know if you guys have used that much, but like the HMVC structure. Yeah. You know, I, I, to me, that's the way forward with it, you know, rather than having a a model's views and controllers directory where everything gets spread out, you have modules and inside of each module you have one one model, one uh one views sorry, one models directory, one views directory, and one controllers directory. And then you have you know, everything is contained. And every module corresponds to a to a table that's got the same name as the module and it's just so so modulized and nice and, you know, easy to to port from one website to another and stuff. It's it's how I how I feel it should be done. I remember you I, um, I remember you introducing me to that and I remember looking at some videos and thinking, Yeah, Lou's right. This is the way to do it. I can't believe I've not been doing like this for ages. Yeah. And in fact I think um I don't know if Zend does this natively, but certainly um 
I think Magento, which uses Zend, it does it in the same way. Like everything is a module and you have a controller and a model in there. Um, so it's quite interesting, pretty quite an interesting debate for a podcast sometime, actually. So. It, makes, it makes so much more sense to me doing it that way. Yeah. Looking yeah. for a module called, I don't know, uh, Jobs, and then inside of that Jobs, mo- jobs module, I've got my, con- my Jobs controller and my Jobs model and then all the views related to that, rather than having it all spread out. Yeah, in, mod, in one single models, views, and controllers directory, you know, and then it's, you have to do so much more, like searching for files and stuff, and and then again, if you want to use that stuff in another project, you know, it's more fiddly to port it that way, whereas you can just grab the whole thing if it's in a if it's in a module. Hundred percent. I think I have one plugin for this week. Actually, uh, I'll send you all the link now. Actually, but it's. Um, uh, it's Google Map Builder. My name is Donald. Com, which is nice and easy <laughs> epic, to remember. Just epic name rolls off the tongue, but um, we'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, it's just another another kind of tool to try and make Google Maps um, a little bit easier to play with when you're developing. So Ooh, this uh, looks nice. Yeah, I thought it looked yeah pretty good. So uh, does it? Can I? Can I? Without obviously hitting hard on Google, what do you guys think of uh, of the new Gmail? set up do any of you guys use it is that the, the one with the tabs setup? sorry the, all the tabs <clears throat> the new gmail yeah because I've, I've been using gmail for years and, and I, I use it through um, google apps as well for my my fraser heart email address and i've not noticed any major changes in in a long time no same is it is it the tabs though you talk about like the having categories tabbing all I like just, different. i just think it's a hell of a lot less user-friendly than it used to be yeah it might it but, might just be me but like is, is there anything that's come along that's in particular, that's that's that's. Made no, I, I don't think so. I mean, it, I mean, ah. it just. I mean, my my main email account is with Hotman anyway, but I have to have a Gmail account through work. Um, yep. And I and I, I I used to have another Gmail account. I don't know, three or four years ago, and it and it yep. was just dead similar to using my Hotman account. And now it's. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's it's as it's as as user friendly. Like it it took me. I had to um, archive an email earlier on, and it just it just wasn't as straightforward or. Or uh, or anything as I thought it would be. This is making me sound really, really stupid now. It wasn't rocket <laughs> or anything like that. That wasn't going to be my point at all. I, I was just wondering if you guys what, what your guys' thoughts were. But no, it I must just be. Cool. Yeah, I, I really, I really like it. I think the search is really powerful in it as well because I'm really bad at organising my emails, so they all basically just slink into my inbox, and I don't bother putting them in folders. Um, so if I ever need to find something, I can just yeah, very easily find what I need to through the search bar. Is Hotmail cool. still around then? I thought they are they Outlook now. I Is it Live Mail or Live Mail? They have Live, they have Outlook because they're just going with names. Yeah, out- Outlook, they? Yes, Outlook. It it's called Outlook now. Oh dear, Hotmail back in the day. Yeah. I take it the Rocket Mail, Rocket Mail. That's where it all was. <laughs> the Hotmail addresses are still honoured though. I take it if you log in with that address, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got like Live, they've got Hotmail, and they've got Outlook as well. Okay, and, and like the different top levels like .com, .co.uk. Yeah. Did anyone else... probably sold like the Hotmail domain to some porn company? That is a very <laughs> valid point, sir. <laughs> uh, did anyone else have anything they wanted to uh, discuss before we move on to uh, HTML? I think I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm all good. Lee, cool. Uh, no, I think I've, my my week's just basically been spent um, writing SQL statements. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't really uh, been messing around. I mean, SQL Pro is fantastic. I will pick that up and say it is awesome. Rather than uh, yes. PHP, my admin, I would say um, go ahead and use that. But, uh, yeah, I use that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Open source as well. So, mm. yeah. so one quick thing, right? 
Do you say sequel or do you say SQL? Ooh. I say uh, SQL myself. Sequel. No, it depends. If it's SQL Pro, I call it SQL Pro, but otherwise SQL. <laughs> and you? It's hey, sequel, just a sequel. Yeah, same. This, who was screaming? Yeah, I was, mate. Yeah. Like my housemates have just been out for a jog and they've come back all excited. <laughs> nice. Cool. So HTML, I really don't know where to start with this, but uh, maybe does someone want to say what the abbreviation is and when yeah, well, it started? I, this was originally going to be like my, my topic to discuss, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I've, a couple of weeks back, I went through quite a few bits and, I, and I've tried to kind of summarize the stuff that I've written down um, in front of me here. I mean, HTML, CSS, it's not obviously um, a subject that we, we need to educate greatly because, I mean, it's, it's everyone, everyone's bread and butter, isn't it, I suppose? But, um, you know, I, did, I, I went through a bit of HTML5 and CSS stuff and came up with a few things that I thought were interesting, which I, I thought I'd kind of go through the summary of these notes and then um, kind of at the end of that, I've just got a couple of, like, discussion points which I thought might be... Might be quite interesting. I don't know. I don't know how that sounds to you guys, or right. if there's anything you want to open with. Or... Take it away, man. That sounds yeah. good. Cool. Okay. Well, the, the first thing I'll do is I'll obviously define it because we need to know exactly what it means. But HTML is uh, is hypertext markup language, and the de- best definition I've found is that it is a standardized system for tagging text files to achieve font, color, graphic, and hyperlink effects on worldwide web pages. I hate that. I.e. an HTML file. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's quite quite <laughs> old now, isn't it? So, yeah, so um, that's basically the definition of it. You know, we all use HTML every day, so we all know this is like our head tags and our body tags and divs and various things like that. But I've kind of got a summary of a list of some quite cool things that I found that, you know, I I never knew about um, HTML that I thought I'd run by you guys and see uh, see whether you'd heard of these at all. Sounds good. Um, cool, okay. Uh, number one, you don't actually need to put a closing LI tag for a list. If you uh, if you start another li item, then it will automatically close the last one. Did you guys know that? I was aware of that, and I read a blog post not too long ago where someone was basically saying that the only people that do that are stupid hipsters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loving it in coffee shops. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm certainly not obviously not recommending that people do most of these things. It's just I just thought some of these were quite interesting. Um, that would still validate then if you if you were that way inclined to validate your. Yeah, would it validate the doc type and stuff because it's not strict xml then i guess yeah well this this is interesting because it this comes on to a point i have in a minute about how the page actually gets read okay um all right i'll skip to that one actually um i I assume that the source that i got this from is is correct but you know obviously most of the time if you want to see the source of the page you you right click and you view the source don't you yeah um that doesn't always give you a perfectly accurate um representation of how the page is being read if you um, if you look at the thing on the page that you're trying to find and you actually inspect the element on it in your console, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you sometimes you get a very different output on there. Yeah, especially that, when you're when you're manipulating with jQuery and, and yeah, exactly when you're manipulating the DOM. And so a way you can do that if you want to do if you do want to view the sources, if you uh, it works in Firefox, but do you know when you select a, a certain amount of text and then you go right click view selection source, that will give you the the current rendered um, HTML as opposed to what was actually served up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's that's you know that's got to be far more reliable, then, isn't it? Because that's yeah. exactly what's being. But um, before that, yeah, I'd obviously uh, I'd, I'd tend to view the source of the page and then search for whatever I need. But, but there you go. Um, the next point I have written down here is that the um, the meta tags and title tags 
you don't actually need to put those in the head because the browser will automatically know where it needs to go. So, oh, no way. Uh, really? Yeah. So you don't can actually... It can actually be at, not the root, but like you've got your hair, you've got your HTML, then just have ties all there. Yeah, you, you can wow. literally just put them in and the browser will know where to put them. <laughs> and there's, there's no validation errors or there anything with that? If no, you to no, validate that? When, when, you, um, when you inspect the element on the page, that's, yep. that's how it comes. I'm sure browsers, or is that a standard thing? Because that's the trouble, isn't it? It's like all these things, like certain browsers do things certain ways and they're quite yeah. relaxed. And being relaxed is quite, it's nice, but it's also bad because then it brings up these practices of like people then well, can just exploit it. I have to admit, most of these things um, apply to the more modern browsers. Um, but, you know, that's what, that's what everyone should hopefully be, be kind of working towards now, isn't it? Rather than still using these older browsers. But, you know, this is part of, uh, part of one of my topics for discussion later on. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you, guys, what you guys think about that, but, you know, the whole browser thing. I mean, should we go into that quickly now? I mean, that's one of the things I've got seen as we come to it. But, you know, like what were your first experiences of, of discovering that things operate differently in different browsers and stuff like that? You know, did you... Crying. Did you even know? Did you even know that this was going to happen before it did? No or? fear, fear, yeah. crying, and it's like I can't <laughs> believe this. And then you know, you put your farm, you know, face palm, and it's just yeah, because you you instantly think you, it's like I remember the first thing I used to use. I used Dreamweaver, or, or front page, sorry. So that uses the IE engine underneath Trilia Triton or something, or maybe that's the JavaScript engine. But anyway, it uses the IE engine underneath. So anything I was developing, I was either using the code bit in there the preview in there, or maybe the WYSIWYG part of it. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. It looks fine and stuff. Maybe doing a bit of position absolutes and stuff like that. Thinking, um, you know, the boss. And then I would go into another browser. Maybe at the time it would be AOL's own browser, which was great. <laughs> and I would look and I'd be like, what is going on? You'd upload it, you push it, FTP it up, and you're like, this is completely different. And then that was when you started realising there were different browsers, Netscape at the time and all this, and they would all do things slightly different yeah. and it would make you cry. Absolutely. I think we touched on it yesterday as well, like this project that I've been working on. It was only like last week that I finally decided to open it in IE because I develop in, in uh, Firefox primarily and then I'll chuck it in Chrome every now and again as well, but just because I, I love Firebug on, on, on uh, Firefox. Um, and I've been working on this project for six months. It was like, okay, finally going to you know, see if it works in, uh, in IE. And it didn't. <laughs> it like, yeah. And uh, yeah, I touched on it briefly last week, but it's, it's one of these things like you never really or I've just maybe something a bad practice that I do but I I very rarely test in specifically or very rarely test in IE um until well basically until it has to go live and that's that's what well, definitely is a fault on my part because then I do get situations like I had last week and and it's yeah it's it can be quite painful I think the problem is you'd ne- you'd never get to the end of your project though if you were doing that constantly would you I mean I'm no. the same I I I just build it and I get to the end of it and then I worry about that stuff at the end. Yeah, I, I kind of do, um, so Selenium's a good way of doing that, it would be, but I don't think it works with IE. Um, but I kind of, the way I do it is I like every hour or so I then go stop development, which is kind of hard sometimes. You're in like the flow, I stop development and then I go and check in all the browsers that I need because then, and if, if I do find something wrong, I just make a note of it. I may not fix it there and then, but I'll be like aware that maybe IE's having some problems and stuff. But it's like, it's always that hard to work out what, browsers you should support or want to support or what the client wants because the client wants i want a website it's like well do you want a website that works all the way back to ie6 or do you want a website that works to ie7 yeah. do you want to use some of the cool stuff because it's going to cut you know it's going to be a lot more time and more effort for me to use polyfills and javascript stuff to emulate 
effects that you could get in new modern browsers because obviously they think that once you make like we did naively when we were younger you know you make a website it's going to look the same on everything yeah yeah Oh, do you remember the days as well when, like, when you wanted to do rounded corners on a box and you had to do like <laughs> cut out little corners on everything? Yeah. That was epic. Yeah, especially yeah. in the table days as well, where you'd have to like create a, a table with well, like three or three cells at the top, and then three cells for the yeah. content, and then three cells for the yeah for the bottom. And it was oh god, that was horrible. Yeah. Have you? I mean, do you guys um, have you encountered any tools that kind of? help you debug as you go or do you do you actually use anything or is it or is it literally just a case of you all use like virtual machines and just look at the end yeah there, use... are, there are some tools out there where you can actually like load up a million screenshots aren't there and yep. you can actually look at what's going on but i did see... I, I... Oh, sorry. Oh, I did see a tool that i haven't actually had a chance to play with um but it's a tool that kind of it's quite clever in that it will check in the background when you're running the thing it will check to see any major changes in like you know like positioning of things okay so you know like maybe one time you know you're doing something and it will, it will load up ie and it will check to see is this similar to what it looked like before you know maybe like it, and it will just warn you saying by the way this is all falling down you know maybe a position absolute's gone a bit askew and stuff like that so yeah. kind of automated testing in that way to kind of just give you an idea to say oh maybe you want to check this to see what's wrong with it that sounds pretty cool. That sounds really. What was the name of that? Oh, see, is that the what you just posted there? The CS. Oh no! no I, that, that, oh, I, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I need to work out what that is. Okay, to, I'll have a little looky and uh, see how I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. Yeah, because I'm my way of doing this. I'm on virtual machines now. I used to do it on uh, on I, this this bit of software called IE Tester, which is it's, it's great in principle, but it's it's just buggy as hell and it's just more effort than it's worth. So it's JavaScript my, uh, stuff is so annoying, isn't it? It is, yeah, because you, yeah, you get like one little JavaScript error or something that it doesn't understand, um, which doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work in in an actual version of IE, but it's just like it pops up error message after error message and you can't get rid of it and you just end up having to, to right-click and, and force force it to quit. Um, so I've just got a load of VMs loaded up on an external hard drive and just plug those in through VirtualBox and just fire, yeah. it, fire it all through there. That's it. Yeah, that's how I do it. Um, I just, I just want to, uh, just want to say, <laughs> I, I did test all these things that I wrote down um, before, but I thought I'd better just double check that last point about where the, uh, about the browser knowing where all the tags should go. Yeah. Um, I've just literally opened up a blank HTML page, and all I've put in it uh, a title tag saying hello, and then a p tag saying hello. Yeah. And I, I've opened it up in the browser, and I've inspected it in the, uh, in the console, and it, everything's gone exactly where it should go. Sweet. I suppose and it's one so, of those cool it, things, but they're probably in practice, maybe don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'd ever recommend, no, I definitely wouldn't ever recommend doing it, but it's some, it is uh, maybe, I don't know, it's another line of debugging if something's not right or something, rather than looking at the source of your page, look at it in the console to actually see exactly what's going on on the page, I would say. Um, I do find it, that when, the, when browsers fix things for you, I think that can be more of a hindrance than anything else because... It's, it's escalating it, the problem, isn't it, really? Because, yeah. You know, it's like saying, oh, it's all right to do it that way. And it's like, oh, no, because you're not fixing it. It's not saying yeah. no. And then you go to the next browser, and that doesn't fix it for you, and it just looks awful. But um, I remember back in the day, though, like before we had VMs and stuff, or even when we had VMs and I was too lazy to use it, like, I remember using IE Tester. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty horrendous, but it did a good job, to be fair. It was quite a good tool for the IE testing, I found. But you're right, it, it's getting into that habit of checking it every hour or so. Yeah. I mean, you, you do it once you get a bit more, sort of not aiming this at you guys, but people that are listening that are kind of up and coming and stuff that, that are worrying about all this kind of stuff. As you as you get experience with, 
with using different browsers and all the issues that you'll come across, you'll naturally start to develop in a way that yeah that you don't get the issues anyway. So the the, the number of issues that I get on a on a job these days is, is way way less than than when I first started out. So it's kind of like minor tweaks that I have to do. It's usually things these. like floats, isn't it? And yeah, stuff like that. that and margin and yeah yeah. Oh, the that padding, the box padding yeah. in IE, yeah. the fact that they do it a different way. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. fun mothering. Are you guys using uh, box size in border box at all at the moment? Yes. It's not I love supported. It. It's 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 the greatest thing ever. So good. Um have you two guys used it? No, what's this? Sorry? I, I, I haven't. I've, it's, it's I know I know phenomenal. what it's about, like, do you know, do you know when you're like constantly trying to work well, not constantly, but when you've got like a, a percentage width div and then you want to put a, a padding in there, but you want the padding to be the same no matter how wide the div is kind of thing. So yeah. you're kind of like weighing up the options between, oh, this has to be a 50% wide div, but it needs to have a 10 pixel a ten pixel padding on the inside. And then if you want to have two of those next to each other, then that's not going to work because the, the padding is going to force the, the 50% a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you, there's a CSS rule, which is box size, and if you set that to border box on everything, I do that on everything now, so... Uh, the first thing I put in a in a CSS sheet is like star, um, just to select everything, and then box size and border box because then you can do fifty percent, and it will take the board the the padding from the inside or uh. from the actual width, so you don't have to. See it, it's not like fifty percent width plus the padding. Oh, which that's is just it's, it's the way it should phenomenal. be, really, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think that you know that CSS three pi thing. I think that helps it. The right thing that Mickey was uh, just posted in Skype. Yep. Yeah, I remember using CS Free Pi, but I can't remember what it does or how it helps you. But um, it's just a thing that that gives older browsers the ability to use modern CSS selectors. Yeah, I think uh, stuff like gradients and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, so it okay. helps. It allows you to do like the box shadow. Uh, box shadow right. is gradients. It allows you to do the rounded corners and IE older yep. versions of IE, and it actually uses like HTC, like a format that only IE uses to actually support that. Which is kind of cool because at least then you can be like coding in the way that you want to code, but then just having this and maybe one day when you know they don't want to support, you won't have to load it all up and everything. Yeah. Ah, the only thing it does, I can't see on there is opacity. Uh, that should be native. Shadow, linear gradient, and uh, you know the older browsers, you can't just yeah. use opacity, can you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So rather than doing that, I don't know about you guys, but I I just have like um, a standard like white and black transparent PNG that, right. I, that I use as a background for that just so I don't have to do the inevitable for the older browsers and I know, then yeah. once that's in there that's job done I just yeah. use that anytime I need anything that's any kind of opacity no that's, my my general way of doing op- opaque backgrounds is just make IE7 and IE8 I think just make them have a solid background and then yeah just use RGBAs for, for browsers that support it so yeah specify like a black background then after that specify an RGBA and the older browsers that ignore the RGBA because they don't understand it and they'll just revert back to, to a black yeah. background yeah absolutely um, right okay moving on then um, the next part is HTML5 tags um, which <laughs> isn't the most exciting topic so I'm not going to um, not going to waffle on about what they are. I mean, there's um, there's a side article section and various other ones. Um, I do have a website here that people can look at to uh, which explains what they all do, and that is whatwg.org. Um, and that there, there you can get a um, quite a good explanation of what each tags are used for. Um, and well, I guess what, the purpose of, of HTML of the new HTML5 tags is so it can describe to to dumb to dumb readers like websites and, and what have you, where the important yeah. content is, and it's kind of, is it the semantic web they call semantic, it, where it's kind of like, yeah. it's the tags describe what the content is, so it's like it's, saying, 
this is the important bit and this is the bit that you can ignore. Whereas if you were to just do everything in divs, well, Google goes to your web page and it sees a div up here with a load of news items in it and then a div here, with, which is actually your body of your text and it can't differentiate then between what's actually the, the bulk of, of the page and what's the actual main content and what's what's the news stories that are going to appear on every page and what this comment that someone's put down the bottom. So it's about kind of, yeah, differentiating your, your content from your your crap essentially like your not your crap like your comments but your your, your yeah, stuff that's, so, uh, meaning, that's irrelevant yeah, um, yeah meaningful yeah. stuff gets you and i think that's yeah. like the thing because it's like the whole thing with separation of concerns with like in the old days in html uh, 4.0 and 4.1 uh, you know i'm sure you all did it like me you use like font tags and stuff to style things yeah which isn't nice. really you know it's the presentate it's as you say it should be describing helping describe the content of the page yes. and the presentation should be going in the CSS, which I'm sure yes. we'll talk about another episode. And yeah. that, yeah, so separating those two concerns is a really good thing because in theory, the nice idea then would be saying, well, you could then use this document, you know, which is all it is, you know, it gets, it's a document that gets passed into the document object model, but you can use this document and maybe start it up a completely different way, which I think there's that whole CSS Zen garden, isn't there? To see how powerful you can just there do this is, one document. Yeah, yeah, that's wicked, that website. What's this one? I've not heard of this either. Is it C- yeah, CSS Zen Garden or, or uh, something? Yeah. It's, that it's, that it's a gallery of the ways that people have styled the same piece of HTML up. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Cool. Yeah, mo- as you say, most of them are semantic, but I have actually um, identified mm. a couple that, that actually have practical uses. Um, one of them is very cool. Have, you, have, have any of you guys heard of, of details tag? Of the details no. tag? No. no? So... Um, Basically, you know, it, say say you're working on a page and you just need some simple show and hide functionality. I mean, my my normal go to for that is to just use jQuery toggle. I don't know if yeah. you guys do. Yeah, yeah. Do so you guys use I don't know CSS three animations or anything like that to to do it? I, I use a lot of transitions. But transitions. I'm, I'm, sorry, not, what am I talking about? Yeah, I've I've not done <laughs> done many straight up animations with CSS. All oh, right. Okay. Well, um, basically, yeah. It, there's an HTML five tag called details. And basically what you do, so you open and close your details tags, and inside of that you have, an, you have another tag, open and close a tag called summary. Okay. So like in, the, in between your summary tags, you can put click to show hidden content, and then underneath, like in P tags, this is the hidden content. And then basically um, when you click on that, on the click to show hidden content, it, it shows and hides it. So you can actually do, you can show and hide stuff through HTML oh, code. pretty cool. That is very, it, does it look the same on each browser or do they have a little bit different? Because that's kind of like the browsers get to choose what it looks like. Don't, don't um, it, it, it works as I would expect it to on Chrome. That's the only thing I've looked at. Everything that I've looked at on here is, has been looked at on Chrome. Um, you know, this is part of, an, of another discussion point later on, like, um, you know, how, how likely are you to use these new things that come out knowing yeah. that they're not fully supported? Because I've certainly got my my own kind of stance on that and yeah. I don't know I mean my, my stance is that you know if something degrades nicely or you know you don't really happen to notice the difference much then obviously go for it but I, I'd really like something to be well supported in everything that need, it needs to be used on yeah. um, which obviously you know there's still some new features in CSS3 and HTML5 which just aren't supported on all of those so yeah. I, I do find myself just sticking to the classic divs and you know the tried and tested things there from where I've I don't know I must have built twenty to thirty websites I guess um, you know the things that I've learned that work across all browsers there I'm kind yep. of loath to try some of these new things because I know that sooner or later down the line I'm going to be debugging it for Internet Explorer or some other browser because it's not supported. 
Well, you yeah. can't. The HTML5, uh, you've got like a shiv for it, haven't you? That yeah. it just allows you then to be able to style these things. Like, because in older browsers, they don't take them as tags, but you can then style them, you know, like um, like the article tags. So I do use stuff like that. And then, like, the navigation tag's pretty useful, but really only for styling. And just because, again, it's describing what the content is and helping the content. And the yeah. trouble with divs is, is, as I say, like, divs are very cool because you could just do anything with a div, but it doesn't actually have any meaning. No, I mean that's yeah. I suppose that's where the art of obviously, hopefully, naming your classes with something, something meaningful. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I must admit, I mean, I, I don't take advantage of HTML five tags at the moment as much as I possibly should. Um, do you, do you guys? I know you do, Ed. Obviously, Mike and Fraser. Do you exclusively I, kind of go with this stuff? Or I, I, I generally do, to be honest with you. Um, but it's obviously you need to be mindful as, of of what's going to happen further on down the 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 crappy browser stack anyway. Um, but there are, there are certain workarounds. Like I think, I think Ed kind of touched on it. There's, there's certain stuff that you can do that will make article tags and it'll make nav tags work and be stylable in, in the older browsers. Um, and off the top of my head, I can't, I can't remember what they are, but I know there's one where you just have to specify them in your, in your, your CSS and, and, and there's another way you have to declare them as, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's, yeah, I think it's all in HTML5 boilerplate anyway, so I just chuck it all on top of there. That's actually a good thing we should say. HTML5 yeah. boilerplate is the best place to go to learn and understand yes. these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that on my screen right now. It's exactly what I was just going to say, to be honest with you. Especially like the custom build as well. You can pick which bits you want. Yeah. Stuff really oh, that's, nice. that's cool. So you can actually just choose the little areas and it will pre- give you like a custom build. I hope so because as I remember it, I'm just looking now. I'm pretty sure that is how it works, isn't it? Yeah, you can. You can select all different little bits. Uh, you've got fine tuning, so you can select what polyfills you want. Um, you know, if you want the development minified version jQuery, all that kind of stuff, you can pick all that kind of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, one other thing, it might be worth now. Oh, sorry. Now we're talking about HTML5. It might be worth just because. I know the first time I heard HTML5, I was like, oh, crap, I just don't, like, not just learn it, but yeah. I, I know HTML, now I've got to learn something else. Like, HTML5 is the the, the term that gets brandished or branded around and thrown around everywhere. It is People generally refer to HTML5 with CSS3 and with JavaScript or jQuery, or JavaScript stroke jQuery. Um, obviously, those two are, are pretty much combined things. Um, so, yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, crap, now I've got to learn something new. But you don't. It's, it's just... It's HTML, HTML4 or HTML or XHTML, whatever you know at the moment, with a little bit more on top. So a little it's bit more, more relaxed clarity. as well, isn't it? They've kind it of is, gone, yeah. It's like XHTML, that whole, uh, you know, go down, let's be XML compliant. Everything has to yeah. have a closing tag, you know, BR, forward yeah. slash, you know, and close off like that. Nowadays, it's just what really people are using. I mean, like, it doesn't even yeah. have a doc type. That's the beautiful thing. Everyone's like, it doesn't yeah. even have a doc type. But because doc yeah. types never really are used really like i know we remember i'm sure you put them in like the xml uh, uh, x html doc type the html4 doc type and they just yep. doc, and they're like they just specify a ddd which is a definition uh, document definition language type language uh, definition thing and all that does is say what's valid for this page but nowadays yep. as long as it's compliant to the html yep. standards we got there isn't really a version anymore so H, say html is just this kind of weird thing where you can kind of be very relaxed or very strict but at the same yep. Because I mean, I'm sure you've all used the validators. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I always want to see that tick. I remember back at university, it was like you had to make it compliant with XHTML because our lecturer loved it, and it was like if the page wasn't, you know, ticked, you know, had a tick, and it was for the most stupid reasons, you know. Sometimes it's actually a detriment to what you want to do with the actual thing. But yeah. if you did have a tick, you'd actually 
failed, not failed the course, but be marked down, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, and there'll, there'll be jo- like if, if anyone out there is looking for for work and stuff as well. Like pretty much every job posting you'll see will say, "Oh, we need people with HTML5 and CSS3." And like yeah. at the end of the day, if if you know HTML, HTML and CSS, CSS. <laughs> you can apply for that job. Don't be put off by the fact that it says HTML5. Like nine times yeah. out of ten, the people that write these job descriptions don't know what they're talking about anyway. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I'm just going to say as well. I know I'll get absolutely uh, shot for saying this again, but. For me, like if you want to look at all the features HTML5, especially at things like um, Canvas and like drag and drop, all that kind of stuff. Visit my blog. <laughs> no, definitely do not do that. Um, Wfreeschools.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to we've say been it. given so much flack for talking about that. <laughs> but actually, it gives a really good summary of what what's yeah. included there. So uh, you know what, I'm just going to say it. It's yeah, check yeah. it out. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I think also another, if you class yourself more as a front-end than back-end developer, I guess you probably have a slightly different approach to how you um, how you implement some of these things. You know, I, 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 I don't know, I don't see the, the difference. Like, if it was a back-end piece of code, obviously you test it. You know, a lot of the part of back-end programming is testing. So, you know, you don't you don't use anything until it's been fully tested and you know that it's going to work and everything like that. So... I, I, want, I do wonder a lot of the time why a lot of these things become available, like with HTML5 and CSS3, that that don't work wherever you need them to work. I don't know. Again, that's one of probably one of my very unique perspectives. No, I, that I have. Well, but if, if you're going to bring out a feature, why not make sure it fully works rather than say, "Oh, well, you can use it here, but you can't use it here." It's because of the standard, isn't it? It's because people. Because do you remember? Like, the, I'm sure you've known the blinker marquee tags. <laughs> you know they were yes. ie you know ie html kind of stagnated after the browsers kind of stagnated after a6 and that's why it's a big point like a big part of it around 2002 they kind of thought oh well that's the web we've done it now you know tim Berners lee started it off in 1991 and now we're done uh then what happened was you know people wanted to start adding things and the way they would add it and even in the wars with the net escape and ie back in the um mid 90s they would just add their own features and they still do now as you say like their own implementation of stuff because standards are so slow like html wasn't a standard till like 1997 and it's ridiculous to think that you know people were using it before and we, we do and we have to use it because we want to use it but, you know and that's the thing like the standards go so slow i mean i've, I've read an article say like html5 like from 2005 they were talking about the doc type for html5 and now we're really just using it which is insane i've said this so many times before though but i honestly think this is the curse of the web developer is that we don't control the ultimate software that interprets what we write. If we don't, we didn't make Chrome, we didn't make Internet Explorer, and we have to make it cater to all those different things. If you're making desktop applications, you know exactly how it's going to render when it when it pops up. But yeah, we're always going to have this problem until well, forever, right? I can't more so imagine now, more so with like the amount of devices and stuff, you know, TVs, you know, have web browsers on now yeah. and everything, you know, and, I mean, the only way you can do it again is what well, the way they're doing it is like with responsive stuff like that. And I mean, really, it's just try your best is a sense. I mean, you could say the desktop game really as well in a sense, like, oh, what operating system they need, how, what resolution they need and stuff. But because the web is so diverse and it's such a buzz thing, you know, people, yeah, you, you, you hit your head, you know, your face palm again. Pretty much all every day with a certain little small niggly thing. Yeah, yeah. the The hours gonna come up pretty quick. I was going to say. Um, I mean, I, I guess you've still got quite a lot of content to talk about. I know Ed's got quite a lot of notes as well. Maybe this is a, a two parter. Um, yeah, I, I think that'd be a good idea. 
Yeah. Uh, on a side note, I've just uh, tweeted at Hulk Hogan to see if he wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> yeah. I got a retweet because I, 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 one of my mates, one of my good mates, he uh, tweeted me, and then that link, and I just retweeted, I tweeted it out saying, "I can't believe this is real." And then I got a retweet from the Hostomania thing, so you may get, you may get in oh, contact no with the Hulk. You know? That'd be pretty awesome. Um, I'd also, before we disappear, I'd also like to say thank you to the chap that we've been chatting to on Twitter. Uh, Martin Masson or Mason, so I'm really bad at names. So yeah, thanks for getting in touch and, and let us know what you think of the, of the show. Anyway, it's, it's really appreciated. Yeah, thanks, man. That's great. Yeah, had a f- had a few messages last uh, last Friday, I think, from uh, people saying keep up the good work and stuff. So that was good. Yeah. yeah, so you seem to be liking what we're doing, unless you're a Reddit user, in which case, you know, your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> your opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter anyway. I'm not. <laughs> uh, Ed, I was going to say, I just noticed on Twitter you had a. Um, a pick for free devs as well. I think it's like a plugin or something, a JS plugin. Does that ring any bells? Um, I, I did. I did put on some stuff just where it was, it was what we talked about at the beginning. I kind of put it out so I, uh, just at the beginning, like the welcome bit. I uh, the real like the um, was it the full uh, fallback and stuff like that. Yeah, those maybe were the ones that, that. Okay, fallback right. and head.js is another one which is quite cool. No worries. Okay. Well, can, uh, I, can I just mention another guy that, that tweeted me um, yeah, last week? I'm just literally trawling down my timeline trying we need to find a shout him. out section. I think shout yeah. out but, section. You know, we just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, thank you very much to um, to a guy called Geeky Goon um, at Geeky Goon. Oh, he followed me as well. Boom. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what was his? I think he sent me two tweets. Um, I can't find the first one, but the second one was. Uh, can't wait to hear your upcoming podcast. We need more podcasts for us devs. Awesome. So that was uh, that was cool. He's got a brilliant website and um, looks uh, yeah, it looks like quite uh, quite an intelligent bloke. So definitely probably worth a follow to anyone on Twitter um, if you're interested in this stuff. Obviously, but yeah. So thanks to thanks to you for your tweet there as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we always welcome feedback. So uh, yeah, keep it coming. It'd be really good. And let us know what you want to hear about, and we'll we'll try and cover it in future podcasts. Um, Oh, sorry, I just found that tweet from you, Ed. I think it was what you were talking about, that fallback thing, uh, headjs.com. Yep, that's the one. Yep, nice. Okay, well, we'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, Yeah, I think that's a wrap. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week, and we will discuss a little bit more about uh, HTML. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.